Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our second reading this morning comes from the second book of Moses, commonly called the Exodus, and recounts the institution of the very first Passover, a unique Passover which all future Passovers looked back to, even though they were done in a different way. This Passover consecrated the people of Israel to God, and it was where Israel was truly born as a nation. It was to be for them their beginning of time as God's people, and so that month became for them the first month of the year. It is also the Passover which points us clearly to the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our passion today from the Gospel of St. John makes these connections most apparent and proclaims that Jesus Christ is the Passover Lamb of God. This morning, as we meditate on our Lord's passion, let us consider how he is our Passover Lamb. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons. According to each man's need, you shall take your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. The timing of this first Passover is very important for us to consider and understand. Pharaoh had hardened his heart. He had ignored the plagues and signs which God had sent in order to attempt to have Pharaoh set his people free from slavery in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh would sometimes agree, but then immediately renege, keeping Israel in bondage. And so the Lord was doing one last great and terrible sign. He would prove once for all that he alone is God and that there are none else. All other gods, including those of Egypt, and of which Pharaoh himself included himself among them, were empty, vain, and powerless. And this last sign was this. During this night, all the firstborn of man and beast in the land of Egypt would die. This alone would finally prove to Pharaoh how wrong he was. This alone would cause him to set Israel free. The Passover was to be a special sacrifice and meal that God had given his people so that they may be spared from the destroyer. The lamb which God commanded his people to take and which they were then to slay was to be a sacrifice, a substitute for their own firstborn. This is why... God said, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Because these lambs were later those which God would say are the lambs acceptable for sacrifice. Without blemish meaning perfect, no physical flaw in it, healthy, sound. These were the animals that you ideally would want to keep for yourself for breeding stock. They were the best, choicest lambs. That is why they were to be a sacrifice, a substitute for their owner's own lives. 
Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, said the Lord. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the house where they eat it. The lamb itself was to be taken from the flock for four days. During those days it would be separated from the rest of the flock in order to be with the household. Then on the day when the Lord would visit judgment upon Egypt and all of the people, then the people of Israel at the same time were to slay their lambs. It was to happen all at once, as if it were one lamb being killed by one man for the whole nation. For at this time Israel had no altar. They had no place of sacrifice. They lived as slaves in Egypt. There was no temple, no tabernacle, no altar. Yet the things that they do show that this was truly a sacrifice. It was a blood offering. They are to take the blood and to put it on the two doorposts of the lintel and of the lintel of the house where they eat it. <clears throat> Later on in the chapter, it describes that they are to do this using a branch of hyssop. This is the way that God would later command his priests to sprinkle the blood of sacrifices upon the altar to make atonement for the people. This is how the sin offering was treated. And so here, where there was no altar, the door of the house becomes an altar. The blood of the lamb is smeared upon the doorposts and lintel to make atonement for the people within the house, to make peace between them and God. Through the blood of the lamb, the people are forgiven their sins, are reconciled to God, and thus, the Passover lamb is both a sin offering and a peace offering. The blood on the doorposts was to be a sign for them of the promise which God made to them, that wherever this blood is found upon the door, this house was to be passed over, and those within would be safe from the coming judgment and set free from slavery. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, Roasted in fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. Thus you shall eat it, and with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Here, the Lord makes a special command to the people. The lamb which they have slain is to be whole. They are not to butcher it. It is to remain whole. They are not to break its bones or tear it to pieces. For God tells them later in the chapter, In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not break one of its bones. To preserve the lamb with its bones unbroken, it is to be roasted. It would certainly be faster if they were eating it in haste to cut it into pieces, throw it in a pot, and to boil it. But God commands there not to do this. Rather, they shall roast it whole without breaking any of its bones. In this way, all of the household shares in one lamb. Everyone does not receive a part individually cooked for them, but each partake of the one lamb, cooked as one. And this like in the sacrifice, they are all together, all united, as one household, as one people. They eat of one lamb. 
so too in this the people have communion with God. How so? God himself has given them this meal. He has given them the sacrifice that, it may, that they may be delivered, and he has given them a meal from that very sacrifice. In this there is communion and peace between all who eat of this and with God. Just as with the peace offerings, which would later be instituted, where the offering was eaten with the priest to show that Israel had peace with God, to show that he accepted them. Through this Passover, then, Israel becomes his spared and redeemed people. But we know that this first Passover and the people's deliverance was not the ultimate Passover. Yes, all future Passovers pointed back to this first one, as did all latter ones pointed, pointed back to this. But this first Passover, as well as the later ones, also pointed forward to the true Passover in Jesus Christ. He is our Passover lamb, and through his blood we are set free and death passes over us. One of the reasons the Passover lamb needed to be without blemish was because this was the requirement for sacrifice. But why did God make this the requirement for sacrifice? Because in being pure and perfect, it pointed forward to Jesus Christ, the very Lamb of God. He is without blemish. He is without sin. He is perfect, whole, and uncorrupted in any way. He is the firstborn, the offspring of a virgin inheriting no sin. He is the one whom God has put forward as our substitute not just as a substitute for the firstborn, as in the first Passover, but as a substitute for the whole world. In the Passover regulations, the Lord said, According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the Lamb. Christ Jesus is the only one who could account for all the world's need. The world is mired in sin, and all children of Adam and Eve carry the stain of sin and are so born slaves to it. Christ is the only one who is able to meet the need of the world for salvation, for he is true God and true man in one person, perfect and of infinite worth. His death, then, is a true sacrifice. The old temple in Jerusalem had run its course and was no longer needed. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, and so where he is, there the temple is. Thus, where he offered his life as a ransom for us, where he shed his blood for the sins of the world, that place where this happens becomes an altar. Just as the door of the house, when the lamb's blood was applied, became an altar for the place of atonement and making peace, so too the cross becomes an altar when the blood of Christ, the true paschal lamb, stains its limbs. His sacrifice is singular. At the first Passover, all the lambs were slain at once, to be slain as one. The whole assembly of Israel shall kill it. In the death of Christ our Lord, the whole assembly of the world has killed him. No one could take his life from him. He gave up his life. And he gave up his life for our sins, so that all have participated in laying our hand upon him. Yet, even so, just as through the blood of the Paschal Lamb, the people of Israel were reconciled to God. Atonement was made. So too, by our Lord's blood, we are reconciled to God. 
and atonement is made, and we have peace with God. The sin which separated us from God, God has removed in Christ. While we were yet his enemies, he gave his Son that he might die for all the ungodly. He has done this to reconcile us to himself. He has done this so that just as all those in the house whose door was marked with blood were passed over by the destroyer, so too all who by faith enter into the holy church of God, the mystical body of Christ, whose door is marked with the blood of Christ shed for us, are passed over by death. This has been promised to us by Christ himself, who said, He who believes in me, though he die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And to this promise we cling, just as those Israelites trusted in God's promise at the first Passover, so we trust in Christ because of his death for us. And if we are in Christ, death will pass us over, so that even if we die, we will live. Finally, we see that Christ is our true Passover lamb in this. Because it was the preparation day, St. John writes, that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. These things were done so that the scripture should be fulfilled, not one of his bones shall be broken. As our Passover lamb, not one of his bones were broken. This is why the Lord commanded the Israelites not break the bones of the Passover lamb, because this would point to Jesus Christ, the true Paschal lamb. And just as God gave the Passover lamb as a sacred meal of communion with one another and with him in the first Passover, so too our Lord Jesus Christ has given us a meal that we may partake of him, our Passover lamb. Just as all who ate of the lamb in the house were one, so too all who eat of the Lord's supper and by doing so partake of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ are one one with one another, one with every Christian now and before us, with all of the church on earth and in heaven, and with Jesus Christ himself. Not only all who eat of this meal, but also all who believe. For by faith we receive the benefits of our Lord's death. By faith we receive the forgiveness of sins which he won by the shedding of his blood. By faith we receive peace with God, which he has made by his death. By faith we are made one in Christ. By faith we are adopted as children of God. All of this is the fruit of our Lord's death, the result of his sacrifice. All of this is the benefit of our Passover. Thanks be to God, who has done this for us, who has given his Son as our Paschal Lamb. Thanks be to God for the Lord's Passover, for the death of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who now lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God to be worshipped and honoured and glorified forever and ever. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.